talking hockey. Patty Marlowe, we're talking hockey. People think he's better than Gordy Howe. Oh, Gumpy. Not me. Bold I claim, didn't my say friend. It. I didn't say it. That is, of course. People are saying Our that. pal of the pals, our northern friend, Gumpy, uh, bringing in, starting out hot, coming out of the gates hot. Uh, I am, of course, Nick Brado. And joining us all the way across the country in Arizona the peach podcaster himself with his incredible peach shirt and his brand new microphone aq shipley aq how you doing buddy look at this thing this thing's unbelievable look you got a pop guard like you're a pop star you that got things the, fucking unbelievable was that a sheepskin on the on the guard there i don't know I've, i i caught a bunch of shit a couple weeks ago from all all the listeners saying couldn't hear aq ruin the fucking episode so i went out and bought everything to make it better so hope you boys <laughs> like it Hey, you sound good. You look good. This is great. I'm proud of you. Good. Let's do it. Uh, let's talk about something that didn't sound good or look good last night. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is going to be, this entire episode is going to be a big achievement episode. So I will say what the Penguins did last night, they certainly achieved something that only a few have been able to do. Uh, surviving a six-goal onslaught by the mighty New Jersey Devils in the third period. The Devils basically looked like uh, the 70s Soviet Union team. They came out there. They looked like the Red Army. They were skating circles around the Penguins. Uh, Tristan Jari looked like Jimmy Craig in that exhibition game. He couldn't stop a goddamn thing. The red lamp, the light was just buzzing. The Devils were flying. And this, of course, all while the Penguins went into the period up 5 nothing. So, you know, some consider it a horrible, huge meltdown. Others consider it maybe the greatest... Uh, defensive stalwart effort to hold on to a lead in the history of the game. It's actually a one of its kind. Uh, first NHL win after withstanding a six-goal third-period rally by the Devils. I, I, I don't know what else needs to be said about it. I mean, give him the cup now. <laughs> give it to him. I mean, Tristan Jari's got sunburned. The, the lamp was lighting his <laughs> neck up all night. It was unbelievable, but... I mean, it was Team Iceland from Mighty Ducks. I, I didn't know what I was watching. This it thing really was did. Unbelievable. Jari looked like Goldberg sliding around the ice, and they were just put, they were just deposit. They weren't even shooting. They were just depositing the puck in the net behind him. I was so confused. I just saw, just I don't know. It was a six nothing thing. I turned my head. I turn it back. It's six four. Crosby gets an unbelievable goal. I'm like game over. And then boom, two more. I'm like, this is a game. This is unbelievable. I don't know what's happening. I rarely ever do this, but I'm, I'll be I'll be brutally honest here. I turned the game off going into the third period because it was a five nothing lead. It was all but wrapped up. The Devils had no life; they had nothing. I, I switched over to a different game. I was like, "Let's see what's going on over here." Uh, got a couple notifications on my phone later that night. And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like it's it's seven to five right now. Turn it back on, and the Devils score with 44 seconds left, I believe. And I'm like, oh, "We got it." We got a game here. And then they had a chance to get a shot from the point with three seconds left, two seconds left that was ultimately blocked. But it was like, holy shit, if they let that one slip away, that's an all-time meltdown. Does this worry you going forward? Um, I don't know if it worries me because they've actually been very solid on defense during this little run they've Usually. had. I mean, so I don't know if it worries me, but I'll tell you what, I thought I was having a seizure. My, my Apple Watch was... It was. It just kept vibrating for an hour straight. <laughs> Devil's goals. I was just like, "What? This is unbelievable." But no, I, I think I think they're fine. I think they're gonna watch the tape. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Um, 
They're getting they're getting healthy. Your best your best defense is your offense. We're getting Kapanen back. You're getting Malkin back. You're getting Tanev back. He's a key defender. I mean, I think I think once this thing rolls into the postseason, they're gonna they're gonna hit their cylinder. They're gonna watch tape. They're gonna do the right thing. Jeff Carter's on the fucking score sheet now for the pack. Let let's go. Uh, so the Devils would have been the second team in league history. This is a long history of this league, over a hundred years. Uh, to tie a game after overcoming a six-goal deficit. They would have joined the Red Wings, who, ironically enough, did so against the Penguins back in 1989. And that was when the Pens weren't that good, but were getting, they were on the rise. They had Lemieux, those, those late 80s teams. They could score a ton of goals, couldn't really defend or stop anybody, so you could see how that could happen. Uh, another person who uh, crowning great achievement this week, who deserves some praise, Spencer Knight. Stud, American-born goaltender, making his debut for the Florida Panthers, who we definitely don't talk about enough on this show. Uh, first goaltender born in the 2000s, Kump, to appear in an NHL game, turned aside 33 of 34 shots to earn a win in his league debut. Have a night, 2000? Spencer. 2000? First goalie born in the, year to, in the year of the 2000s. So how old is he? Uh, you do the math. 19? 20 god damn he's a young kid but he's the goalie of the future there and so far it looks like now he had a he had a uh i think he had a rough night the other the other go around a couple games ago but good for him to bounce back like that and and put on a show for the panthers because they've been rolling and it they they got made a few solid little additions at the deadline and aq you mentioned it before we're gonna show hey we gotta talk about florida panthers we don't talk about panthers enough we gotta talk about the panthers I mean, that whole division we've really not talked about because, that I mean, that division is kind of lighting it up right now. You got Florida, you got Carolina, you got Tampa. I mean, they're all three playing really good hockey. And I don't think anyone just, thought Carolina was going to get the goaltending that they've been getting. And I think you could say the same for Florida, even though they signed Bobrovsky to that big deal a while back. Uh, he hasn't exactly lived up to those standards recently. And this year he's been okay. But uh, an injection like this, if Knight can come in, and and put up some numbers here down the stretch and if they can get work him in and possibly he might be able to come into relief of Borowski who we know is like a notorious playoff choke artist he's not at his best when when it gets down to it and the lights get the brightest so maybe maybe Knight can be yeah I mean we've seen that as Pittsburgh fans just him just just shitting down his leg an entire playoff series when he was in Columbus um but he he certainly got paid yeah and Florida has a heck of a problem because um, they got they got him obviously locked up for years to come. They might even think about even moving him at the end of the day. They might think about moving You're him. You're going to have to eventually. This, it, you have to think about it, right? The problem is is the cat restraints, you know, moving forward in the NHL. And teams, are, are they going to be willing to take on that? So who knows what's going to happen. But it's a good problem to have with Florida. They got three solid goaltenders. And Patrick Hornquist is having a hell of a season, who I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh were sad to see go, but also at the same time kind of wrote off, like, ah, oh, he's getting a little older, he's not producing it the same, he's, he's making a lot of money. Turns out he's just as good as he ever was, and he's kind of energizing that Florida team. And then they pick up Sam Bennett at the deadline. Guy looks like a whole new player. He's driving the net, he's knocking guys on their ass, he's batting pucks in. I think he's got uh, three goals in, in his last two games, so he's kind of solidified their second line there with Huberdeau and Anthony Duclair. They got speed, they got grit and scoring it's like it's a perfect setup for them barkov's probably one of the most underrated if not the most underrated center in the league um coach q just kind of oozing his personality through that team we've seen him kind of revitalize that organization you got to love what florida's putting together and uh in 
not not nearly enough time because those people, the fans, as, as few as there may be, we joke about the Florida Panther fans, but like they've been waiting a long time to see a good team there. And they've had a lot of high picks and not all of them have worked out, but uh, it seems like recently now they've got something and uh, it's going to be fun to watch and see what they can do in the playoffs. Because we talked about this earlier in a different episode. We said, I don't know if the, it's their time yet, right? Like they haven't been through the playoff battles per se. So anytime a new and they're not exactly a young team, I don't think they, they they're probably the middle of the pack when I think about it in terms of because a lot of those guys have been in the league for a few years now. Uh, but I don't think a lot of them have that playoff experience, but Sam Bennett does and he'll bring that and he'll kind of help guide that team through that. Let's talk about another achievement, big achievement episode. We're going to keep hammering this home uh, last Sunday, the Canucks entered the game against Toronto as the biggest NHL underdog since Ironically enough, the Pittsburgh Penguins on February 2nd of 2006, they were plus 331, okay? The 2006 Penguin team was a plus 422, which is fucking absurd. Uh, And the Canucks won handily, 3-2 in overtime in a game everyone thought the least would just pound the daylights out of them. So uh, hats off to the Canucks, who really don't have anything to play for at this point. They've had covid you said the COVID Canucks, they just have ravaged them. Uh, they, they've been forced to play uh, an insane amount of games in a short amount of time coming back with little to no break. Uh, and they're going to have to keep doing that. They're, the, the league has basically said, fuck you guys, keep playing. Even though these games for a lot of it, like aren't going to mean a whole lot. They're not battling for a playoff spot. They're way out of it. Uh, Gumpy, what are the people back home saying? Are they, are they proud of the Knucks for battling or are they just like, yeah, whatever? Yeah, I think it's just you got to be proud of them coming back and winning that game, right? Like Green said, it was just awesome for that group. I mean, disappointing season, but they're still a young team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've said this a bunch of times. They just way overachieved in that bubble. And I think what you saw this year is kind of what they really are. But I think they're still a team that can grow and get better going forward. Yeah, there's a few more pieces to add there. But they've got the solid building blocks. they got to figure out the goaltender situation. They signed Demko, that big, long deal. But I'm still not sold on him being the guy. We'll see, though. Uh, another fantastic achievement we've got to talk about. Mark Stone has multiple points in each of his last five games. That's pretty, that's pretty nuts when you think about it. As another guy who's more of like he, – he can score, but we know him for like solid two-way play. Uh, he was a big pickup, big free agent signing for Vegas. That's like Crosby-esque, McDavid-esque, five, uh, multiple points in the past five games. Like this is this is a run here. And in Vegas, if they're like if that guy's clicking like this and they're rolling, like who's going to beat them in the West? At Colorado, maybe, but they're they're still having some goaltending and some COVID issues themselves right now. I just I, I don't think you can say enough good things about Mark Stone. You watch him play. There's like highlights out there on Twitter. Him just lifting guys' sticks and being like the ultimate like defensive four. I love watching him play. I'm jealous he's not on on the pens. He's a solid player. I mean, he was arguably the biggest, probably the biggest signing at the deadline a couple of years ago, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it was yeah. uh, stud. I mean, he's he's been a solid player for them. He hasn't been this quite. You know, you don't ever put him in that upper 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 echelon, but he's. He's got that quality of play, and he's and he's been great for them. Vegas has been great, and uh, you know you got to love what Robin Leonard said today. He said, "Hey, we're vaccinated. We're vaccinated. Stop keeping us in prison. Get us out of prison." I I was gonna I was gonna talk about that. Let's talk about it now. Robin Leonard gave a press conference, and he was pretty pissed off at the league, and basically yeah. called the league out, like, "Hey, you guys said when players are vaccinated, the protocols would." 
ease up a little bit, essentially. And now, if you know anything about Robin Lander's past, he's battled a lot of things. He's, he he is, uh, came out and, and is being diagnosed and spoken openly about being bipolar. And if you know anything about bipolar, I don't know a ton, but I know uh, being uh, isolated is a huge, huge trigger and just a terrible, terrible feeling and and. and an issue for someone who is bipolar so he he gave the press conference and he kind of lit the league up and then he clarified a little bit more on twitter and i'll read you his tweets he said as i'm frustrated like a lot of people in the world right now everything didn't come out of today's press conference in the right way main point is that we need to start to take mental health important as well in this situation it has a huge impact on everyone in society right now to put a competitive edge before well-being of people's lives is wrong as I said, people are struggling with many different things mentally, and we need to consider that as well. Then being lied to makes it worse. I love hockey, and the league has done a lot of good things, but they missed the mark here. My bad to say it's like a prison, and I apologize, but with mental health issues that is developing in the world, it develops problems mentally. We will see exactly how this affects everything with time. I don't mean to offend anyone. I hope we can all work together to help people that suffer through mental health from this going forward. I've heard how a lot of people are doing through this as people talk to me about it. So... Robin Leonard, a guy who has had an up and down career, he's had some really high highs and some really low lows, and uh, seemed to find a home in Vegas. And they signed him to the big deal, and everyone thinks Flurry's gone. All of a sudden, Flurry turns on uh, his fucking A game this season, and he he's back in the driver's seat. Now Leonard's the backup again, and you can kind of see why now. Maybe this sheds a little light on Leonard's poor play because last year he was so good, and they give him that contract. It's like a five year deal, I think, and then now it's like, what happened? Well. Turns out the whole world shutting down, being left alone as a bipolar individual with mental health, battling those issues can be problematic to your play on the ice. So uh, I feel for Robin Leonard. Um, the league should really look at the, I mean, if, if guys are vaccinated, uh, you gotta you almost have to hold them to a different standard than players that aren't. I, I understand safety is paramount and you want to keep everyone safe as possible. But if, if we're vaccinating people, what, what's the point of even vaccinating them? If we're just going to act like it's not doing anything, it's clearly doing something. I mean, this is probably the topic that I should not get involved with. Don't no, regardless of how you feel about the vaccine, right? <laughs> regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of how you feel about the vaccine, but like the league said they were going to do something and then didn't. Well, the whole, hasn't the whole, addressed anything. Yeah, the whole world is saying if you get vaccinated, the faster we can get back to normal. Yeah, so they're encouraging get, it. To if you get it. vaccinated and you're being told that you can't get back to somewhat normal, then what's the fucking point? So you feel for a guy like that whose career is on the line here with this situation because it's clearly affecting his play. Um I don't know. It's it's a frustrating topic, and we could we could argue about it all day and night. Like you said, AQ, you could go a ton of different ways about it and get real nitty gritty. But like when it comes down to it, these guys are are doing what's asked of them. Uh, they, they, they've tried their best. It's it's an incredibly contagious thing, especially in well, uh, not so well ventilated areas like hockey arenas tend to be. And uh, you know we've had some outbreaks, but at the same time, like it's still a, they deserve a round of applause for being able to get through a season, which they're doing. And the guys are killing themselves to do it, playing night after night. The travel sucks. The hotel sucks. We talked before about they can't leave their hotel rooms. They can't go to their teammates' hotel rooms. They can't go out to eat together as a team. You're basically just – I could see how he called it a prison because that's probably probably what it most compares to. But uh, feel for Robin Leonard. Hope he battles his way through this, and I hope the league does something. For maybe, you know, at least for him, like I – Guy probably deserves a uh, 
somewhat of an exemption here in terms of okay you know let's let's lighten some things up for for robin who's done what we've asked of him and and been vigilant so i don't know let's move on uh we gotta get to another achievement here big achievement show another achievement frank Sarah, frank saravelli uh great hockey writer covers the nhl beautifully he's he does national work now uh he wrote an article about how this is Connor mcdavid's finest work yet this season and I want, to, I want to read a couple excerpts of what he said. And I want you guys to react to this. Uh, in a six-year career that already includes two scoring titles, two Ted Lindsay Awards, and one Hart Trophy. If you don't know what those are, scoring titles are obvious. The Ted Lindsay Awards are basically the MVP of the league as voted on by the players. I think they call it the most outstanding player. And the Hart Trophy is the actual league MVP. Uh, this is McDavid's best season. He's already set the mark for most points in a shortened season with 74 points in 44 games. 74 and 44, pretty fucking absurd. Uh, two Hall of Famers, Lindros and Yager, set the previous high watermark with 70 points in 48. McDavid is the first player since the great Mario Lemieux in 2000-2001 to average at least 1.68 points per game over a season. Lemieux produced at 1.78 points per game that year. Lemieux is the best. I, I, I'll say it till the end of time. I love him. He's, fair, he's the best player of all time. That gives McDavid an outside shot at, uh, to hit triple digits in points, which I don't think anyone thought anyone was going to do in a 56-game season. That's fucking absurd. Uh, he would need 26 points over his final 12 games to do it. I don't think that's unreasonable for the way he's playing and the way the division is set up, which is my next point. He makes no mention in this article about how the division is set up and that the Oilers are playing strictly only in the Canadian division against Canadian teams and that only the Leafs and the Jets outside of that would actually qualify for the playoffs in an, a normal season. Montreal probably would not make it in a normal season. And we saw what, what's happened to Calgary. And, I mean, let's face it, the bottom division is a dumpster fire. McDavid is lighting up these teams, the Senators. I mean, they're battling, but, man, ultimately, they stink. So, like, Obviously, the numbers are eye-popping, but are you, are you two as impressed with what's going on? And I'm not trying to knock Connor McDavid because he's an all-world talent, one of the best players in the game, one of the best players in the league, one of the best players the league has ever seen. But I don't know how high we hold him in this regard of, okay, well, he's playing against a bunch of shitty teams. I mean, that's a tough take because at the end of the day, it's, it's the NHL, right? Like, I don't care if the Canadian division's as bad as, as we've made it out to be. There's still whatever, an $80 million payroll in the NHL, whatever it is, right? And so I think anytime you discredit what anybody does at the professional level, regardless of who they're playing against, I think that's a, that's, that's a tough take to take because, first of all, they're all at the pro level regardless. And I understand there's – there's guys on teams that maybe wouldn't be starters on other teams or top six guys on other teams that are, have to be on the teams that they're on. I get that 100%, but still, they're at the NHL level. And what he's been able to accomplish, not only this year, but in his entire career, oh, I mean, yeah. he's been a stud from the day he walked in, and now he's really putting it all together. And now he's, put, he's, he's putting the points up at a ridiculous pace right now and if he gets to 100 this might be arguably the best season of all fucking time period i mean so, you, yeah, oh, so you're you're saying games. yeah okay there it is like it, it doesn't matter that the competition has changed in that fashion it doesn't matter that he's playing however many sub 500 teams or or, yeah. or what have you or non-playoff playing against fucking you. matt murray we get it we get it <laughs> but but he's still putting up points at a ridiculous pace 
Gumpy. Yeah, I'm with you, AQ. I don't if you if you score fucking a hundred points in fifty eight games, I don't care if it's against fucking twelve year olds, man. Like <laughs> that's fucking electric. It's insane, dude. Like those are insane numbers. Okay. I'm I'm actually really glad you guys came with that side of it because it leads into the next achievement and a little bit of an argument that I saw. Obviously, I'm saying hats off to Patrick Marlowe, who becomes the all-time leader in games played in the NHL, passing Gordie Howe, okay? Uh, what was it? 1,768 regular season games. Uh, he did it against Vegas last Monday. Uh, Gordie Howe had held the record since uh, 1961 when he overtook Ted Lindsay, who was at 999. Pretty nice number there for Ted. And became the first player to appear in at least a thousand career NHL regular season games. Good for Ted. Uh, now, my point tying back to what we just talked about: Patrick Marlowe, not exactly a Hall of Fame player, right? right. People consider Gordie Howe one of the greatest of all time. Some consider him the greatest of all time. Uh, it, however, you want to spin it, I think he's definitely in the top five to top ten. Patrick Marlowe isn't going to come anywhere close to sniffing that. I don't even know if he's in top 100, 200, 300 of all time great players playing the game. No major individual awards, no cups. Uh, does it devalue this record in any way in your mind that Patrick Marlowe has now become the all-time leader? In my opinion, no. I think, um, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not, saying that he's a better hockey player we're not saying that he's had more production than any of these other guys we're strictly saying that he's played the most games and you can say what you want but i've always had the utmost respect for the guys that have put up these numbers throughout time and regardless of what sport joe thomas in my sport you have to look up to i mean oh yeah in order to stay healthy, in a, especially in hockey football, in a physical sport where you're hitting or getting hit on a daily occurrence, right? In order to be able to have the best ability, and that's availability, every single year, strapping them up, suiting up, and being available for your team, you have to have a certain amount of luck you have to have a certain amount of professionalism by taking care of your body and doing all the other things and the little things off the ice on the ice whatever it may be but to to have that achievement is unbelievable i mean that is an absurd amount of games and like i said you have to have a little bit of luck involved but you also have to be doing all the right things on and off the ice shout out to their equipment guys for look at you together pretty awesome gloves for that achievement as well they were cool they were they were sweet and it was yeah. like I, I i almost forgot that he was a penguin it was deadline pickup and then they had a pens logo on there and i'm like oh look at that look at that i thought that was pretty cool good for him uh yeah now i feel very similar to you i think uh it's easier to play longer now because of the advancements in nutrition just technology in general medicine so on so forth uh, but I don't think that diminishes what he's done because if he wasn't good enough, team's got no problem cutting you, trading you, dumping your salary, getting rid of you. Now, he's been moved around a little bit. His performance has obviously declined in recent years. And a lot of people say, look to his stats this year where he's got 45 games played. He's got four goals, four assists, eight points. He's a minus four on a bad Sharks team. 
It's just but, as many goals as Taylor Hall, I'm just saying. Exactly. Who just went for a second-round pick and was claimed to be one of the best deadline pickups out there. Now, you know, circumstances slightly different, age factoring in, potential, all that, but, like, what he's done is nothing short of incredible. To break a record like that, that one of the greatest players of all time has held, is outstanding. He should be applauded for it. He should not be detracted and torn down because he isn't uh, as talented or hasn't put up the numbers that Gordie Howe has. I don't think he's clinging along and just chugging along. I, I genuinely believe him when he said, like, I love playing the game. How could you not? It's a kid's game. AQ, you could probably speak to this better than anyone. Uh, you, were, you were forced to retire for medical reasons. I'm sure, 100% positive, if you were still healthy, you'd fucking still be strapping him up any chance you got. And I think he feels the same way. I don't think he's taking it for granted. I think he's just saying, hey, look, I'm healthy. I can still play. Maybe not the level I once did, but I can still go out here for a bad team and be a veteran presence and help these young kids out. And I applaud that. And I don't think anyone should speak any less of him for doing that. I, I, I don't think it takes away from the luster of this achievement at all. I, I mean, I agree. Gumpy, go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the guy done it for so long. Like, you just can't take away from that. Yeah, and it's like, uh, okay, we get it. Of course, he's not, maybe he's not a Hall of Fame player. It, but it's not the record. The record's not about that. No. It's like Cal Ripken in baseball. Yeah. Cal Ripken was a great ball player. He put together the streak. No one's ever going to match that streak. Like, Marlowe will go down. I mean, I think the biggest thing about Marlowe will probably be that those Sharks teams never got there. Couldn't get it done. Because yeah. those teams were so fucking good every year in the regular season and they just couldn't get there. I think. That, that's the only knock that you could have on Marlowe, and I don't think that's a knock on him. I think that's a knock on that whole team. It is a knock on that whole team, uh, and it still carries around because another guy who's still playing who was a teammate, Jumbo Joe Thornton. Fucking rollerblading Joe. Who we saw Fucking ripping up the streets of Vancouver dude. on Twitter in those rollerblades, <laughs> those Mars blades. Uh, a couple things here. You see me in those things. Uh, I was yeah. just going to say so that. I was, savage shirt. Uh, I was laying on my couch the other night. <laughs> And I get a text from AQ. Hey, you know any good rollerblades? I'm looking to get some. So I sent him the Mars blades. I was like, these are what NHL guys use. They, they Tell them what them. you said back first. You asked, hey, man, are you okay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they don't got Hoka blades, AQ? <laughs> if they did, I'd be the first ones to buy them. I was like, first what? The, I thought you were getting in the roller hockey. I thought you were going to go rip around the block, or go, you know, rip the stick out. Turns out, no, you just wanted another workout. You just wanted to get your calf game and your quads up to speed, and I respect that. That's it. Heard it's a great workout. I'm tired of biking all the time. Did a 17-mile bike ride today. It gets real lonely. 17 Just miles. Just riding for miles on a bike. Oh, you're one of these guys now. You're one of these fitness Fucking guys now. Fucking Mr. Fitness. Hey, hey. You're the wearing your, coming off. The you're wearing your peach shirt. You got your glow. You're riding your bike. Now you're going to rollerblade. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Thanks, guys. You're going to become insufferable, but I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <sighs> But back to, hey, do you think this is maybe why Toronto has been losing to the Canucks lately who've been ravaged by COVID? They're too busy skating around town, Gumpy, because Vancouver, beautiful place. But we saw Austin Matthews and we saw uh, Jumbo Joe. Jo Joe looks like he's like... <laughs> He's a fucking caveman. Dude. Yeah, but he looks like he's like 20 years old again. That's shirt off, big beard blowing. Like... He's got the little satchel. He's got his little uh, gimbal with his phone in it. He looks like a YouTuber skating around the city. I loved it. The Leafs are fucking struggling a bit. Goaltending, man. It's all goaltending right now. 
there's some stats I don't have them on me, uh, but they have the arguably the worst goaltending stats over the last uh, two weeks. And Freddie Anderson they lost five straight. And, yeah, I think so. They just they can't you know. You, when you got getting, when you got no faith in what's behind you, you're. I mean that's it been affects the, issue the whole team. With them for years, man. Just got to get healthy and figure it out. Uh, Jack Campbell was looking so good for them for so long, and now I think that finally has that buzz has worn off, and he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And it couldn't have been at a worse time for them. Yeah. If after they, the if they, deadline, after what has happened to them this season and the run they've been on, if they get bounced in the first round again, that mm. city may mm. remember it happened to, to, may the happen to Tampa Bay, dude. Tampa Bay got bounced first round. That team was fucking loaded. Yeah, but I, I see, couldn't believe that team came back from that. Well, they what they did was they reloaded with toughness and a bit more of a veteran presence, and they got uh they got away from so much speed and skill. Now, granted, they were still very fast and yeah. very skilled, but they added a little more toughness, right? They had a little more defensive responsibility. Maroon, uh, Goodrow, uh, Blake Coleman, guys who can play two way and and you know fucking bang into the boards if they have to and i feel like toronto's kind of already done that you know they got jumbo joe who grant is the most physical player but that's a veteran presence they got wayne simmons who'll throw him with anybody and yeah. he'll bang the body around uh and then who, who else did they pick they picked up someone else recently felino at the trade felino absolutely and then i think ben hutton and guys like they're they're going down that path where like okay we're combining the speed and the skill and the young guys with an older veteran presence and the physicality so like they're already prepping for that so but i mean get it out of the way now i guess if there's any positive spin on this like just get it out of the way yeah now is it it. too late in the season too is there still time to do this i do have this in front of me uh this is from bob stoffer on twitter best nhl record since january 29th Colorado with a 771 uh, win percentage, 25 and six, 25 six and four. Vegas 27 10 and one. Edmonton 24 9 and two. Carolina 26 9 and five. Islanders 25 9 and four. Now we always know this is like right at the time of the year where you start to look for those teams to get hot that are going to go on the run. They're going to be the Cup champions. It tends to happen all the time. You rarely ever see a team just like crawl, crawl to the finish line and then get hot and go. It's always a team that's playing very well going in. So are those the favorites right now in your guys minds colorado vegas edmonton carolina and the islanders i tend to not put uh edmonton in that group i'd probably drop them a tier below i still think tampa bay could run it back i really do if they get kucherov back now stamkos going out yeah is problematic but if they get kucherov back that's a huge fucking boost colorado might be the best team in the league right i mean i don't think we talk about them enough either i mean they got so much freaking talent it's not even fun yeah and they're 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 set up good salary cap wise too their only issue is the goaltending situation mm-hmm. and they're they've, they've managed it's not a full-on breakout of covid they've got some issues but uh, if they can get that sorted they're going to be a tough out and the islanders man that's like we talked about steady eddie they just they just keep coming no matter what so and then I and put, we were like, concerned after the injury with, with with the islanders and and they've just continued right on through there it didn't even affect them absolutely and i'd put like teams like the penguins and bruins uh right below in that second tier where they're contenders but they're gonna probably probably gonna need some help i'd put the capitals in there and then i would put edmonton in that in that tier as well um i don't know how you guys feel but that's that's kind of where i'm seeing things shake out it's pretty spot on i mean at the end of the day i mean you know as well as anybody i mean i think we all have seen it in every sport including this one right it's once you get into the players you just got to get into the tournament 
and anybody can make a run from that point. But, I mean, the the key is playing right at the right time of year. The playoffs are going to be electric, too. Like, these teams haven't seen each other all fucking year, man. Like, teams that think they're good are teams maybe that don't think they're good enough playing against different teams. Like, the style matchups is so interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Like, when you have to see if, if like, Toronto can get out of the first round and if they're going to have to take on, like, a Tampa Bay yeah. or a Boston or a Pittsburgh and how that matches up. Like you said, like, I know they don't watch as much film as they do in football, but they definitely watch film in hockey and they, and they study tendencies and, and not being able to match up and see these guys on the ice all year. It's going to play a huge factor, especially the physicality and the speed for certain teams. It's going to be nuts to watch. I can't wait. Can't wait for the playoffs to start. Uh, I know you guys are fired up as well. Uh, and everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, watch us along on YouTube. Just go to Google and search That's Hockey Talk YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in That's Hockey Talk. All the episodes are there. Uh, Billy Tubes is helping us out, getting some clips up there. Thank um, you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. And thank you guys for listening. As always, follow along with us on Twitter at That's Hockey Talk. We try and post highlights, clips, fights, hit big hits, anything that's going on newsworthy. Um, and then tweet at us. Let us know what's going on, how you're feeling. Who, how you feel about your team. And let's have a little conversation. Let's talk some hockey. That's hockey talk. That is hockey talk. Cheers, boys.